Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic night of Fandom Access. I am your ever-faithful host, AJ. Greetings and salutations. Short show tonight, The Walking Dread, Snowpiercer, and Star Trek Picard is on our table for the night. And good, I don't have to babble because Karen is here. Good evening, Karen. Good evening, AJ. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you. I think we should have Jamie in a second because she just sent me a text yeah. message about something. Yeah. So she, Unrelated. Um, so while we're, while we're waiting for Jamie, um, I finished five of the expanse. Ooh, you're and through it. I am. I mean, it's kind of, it helps a little because they are so close to the show that I kind of know what's coming. So it makes the reading even quicker. And I'm a quick read to begin with, but it makes it even quicker. <laughs> but I got to tell you, you would love reading the books and I'll tell you why. So none of the chapters are for Marco which means everything with Marco is only from Naomi's perspective. So I don't deal nearly that much time with him. Oh yeah. Since he's like our most, he, he's like the Negan of the show. He never shuts up. Right. Yeah. So I don't really, unless he's talking. Yeah. Unless he's talking to Naomi or Naomi is in the room when he's doing something, I don't have to deal with his droning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it much uh, more entertaining. Yeah. And yeah, you, know, you only get like the what, little what, POV. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of fun too because there's certain things like when they're on Illis and um uh uh Amos and Way are are sleeping together. We know that because mm-hmm. we're seeing you know everything in the book. It's only from Holden's perspective. So it's not till much later that he sees them kind of look at each other and he, and, and, you know, you, you get his inner monologue of, wait, what's going on there? When does he have, when does he have time to hook up with her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I mean, so there's benefits to both. We had some benefits from watching the show, but you're definitely getting a huge benefit out of the book. Yeah. It's, yeah. Can't well, and it's funny because the reason I want, the reason I wanted to read the books was because I'm, you know, I want to read the last three to find out, you know, what happened afterwards. And I'm reading the, you know, everything before because, you know, TV shows and books, they don't always translate. Mm -hmm. So you want to know, you know, something something happens and you're like, wait, what's that? What's going on there? You need to know because, you know, it's different in the book, but I'll tell you, it is so close. I mean, there are differences, but it is so close. I mean, I have never seen an adaptation so true to the books in my life. Like wow. it's really, I mean, I granted, granted having the authors on the show as executive producers probably helped a lot, 
mean, mm-hmm. you talked to them. You saw how, you know, you know, you know, I saw yeah. your, your interview with them. They were very hands-on. I tell you what, though, I wish yeah. I had read the books prior because a question that I would love to ask them is why they chose to make Drummer an amalgam of a bunch of characters and leave those characters out. Because Drummer doesn't sh- Drummer shows up for the first time in book five uh, in in the books. Well, maybe they chose to do it because she's so awesome, and that was the best way to get her in earlier. I don't know. It's just it's you know it's just funny because like she's a, you know from what I can tell so far she's not only herself but she's a combination of also Michio Pa and and Bull. For the, oh yeah, Bull who was really I, briefly I, in it. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So, oh, it's Jamie's yeah. here. Oh, no. Hello, Hello, Jamie. No, I just have hey, to Jamie. stay awake. Oh, I don't my know. God. I, Jamie. I don't know what is wrong with me today. I mean, I know that I haven't gotten a lot of sleep, but I have, like, slept half the day, and I still feel like I could fall asleep any moment. I am, like. <laughs> I've, I've yeah, had dreams like that. <laughs> Every week on the <laughs> podcast, Jamie's so like, I don't think I can stay awake. Well, no, but I was up till 3.30 last night and then had to get up I... at, like, what? Seven thirty eight. So I haven't got. We, we, we got to get you on a normal human, a normal. Hey, you're young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that young. I'm not that she's, young. She's um, young. She can take it. <laughs> oh, I, I was get when I'm. I'll tell you what. One of the worst things is waiting for interviews. Like when you're doing the interview, it's fine. But when you're in the waiting room and you're waiting, I'm like thinking if they don't come pretty soon, I'm gonna be asleep. <laughs> But I was so scared I was they were going to cut, because, you know, Karen, you do it. They just pop on the screen all of a sudden when you're waiting for it to go through. And I was afraid the, the you know, the talent would pop in and I'd have my eyes closed and be like, what happened? So, oh, yeah, uh, and you might wait 30 minutes or more sitting around on Zoom doing nothing. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Right. Well, no, it Sometimes it can be really long. long and it was, they were actually early today, which was nice. So I, I went to bed after. <laughs> I'm good. Well, that's good. Um, but anyway, anyhow, because so, um, I did um, Outlaws earlier today, uh, which is coming on Amazon. It's a Stephen Merchant show. It actually was good. I didn't know exactly what it would be. I thought it was going to be a comedy, and it—I mean, it's got funny moments, but it's really—I wouldn't really consider it a comedy. I liked it. I thought it was good. All right. So, cool. We so check it out. Lots of stuff. You have tomorrow, you have Chicago, well, one Chicago, whatever they call it, Chicago one. I, I clearly they call it one Chicago. Know, in Chicago, Chicago Med, yeah, one Chicago, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Yes. And then uh, Thursday, you have Roar, and that's, that's Apple TV, right? And now I'm somebody seeping me, sorry. And now I have Outer Range, which is Prime Video, and I also have Fear on Thursday. So it's a full week. And then tomorrow, if yeah. anybody wants any questions, I'm talking to Paula, who plays um, Princess on uh, the, the flagship show. So, walking yeah, dead. I'm, I'm busy. Walking dead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Walking Dead, yeah. So that's why I said Thursday's fear interviews. Thursday is um, Alicia. Oh, jeez. I say that. I, I totally Carrie. Totally Alicia Debnick-Carrie. Yeah, yeah, Alicia Debnick-Carrie. But, yeah, I was trying to think the other people are in the interview because I said that and then I'm like, what? Wait, who's there? Alicia, um, my email is not going through. There we go. 
Strand in the tower. Oh yeah, that the guy, guy who's like that, Strand's right hand man that he met at the yeah, end. Yeah, the one that he took season. the tower from. Yeah, and yeah. then Jenna Elfman and Keith Carradine again. So and um oh and Alexa um, Neeson who plays Charlie. She has a kind of big episode. So that's coming up. And if you can hear the noise in the background, that is my mother snoring who will not get off the couch. So. <laughs> That. We did not hear that, but now I'm looking for it. <laughs> well, because I told her to go to bed. She's not listening, so I gave up finally. Um, but anyway, so it's a busy week. Okay, well, you want to talk about uh, Walking Dead first? Go for uh, it. Yeah, let's talk about Walking Dead. Uh, so this week's episode, the A storyline was the continuation of Last week's attack at the tower and the B storyline is the is the heist of the uh, mansion down the, the comet. Daryl and Rosita have to rob a house, um, mm-hmm. which is where I mean that's a, I don't know which half of it you want to talk about first. Let's talk about the whole thing in the tower first because it's a continuation it's of tower. last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the one thing that that I want to mention and I had kind of talked to you about this last week was when. In, was how we know that Hornsby talked this guy. Well, we don't know how much of it was him talking him into, but going there and I, I had said, how did he actually lie to him though? I think he knew that it would not go down. Right. But he obviously, I think really thought that those people stole the weapons. He didn't know that it was Leah because we don't know that till the very end. Well, nobody um, knew. Hornsby, Hornsby, you mean Hornsby? knew that it would not be easy, that, and that's why he sent Carlson in? Yeah, I think that he knew that – I think he knew that there was a good possibility of what would happen, is my opinion. And I honestly don't know. That's just my opinion. But he, I think he really believed that that, that group stole the weapon. I don't think that he knew it was really yeah. Leah. No, no, and that was what there's, I, no reason, there's no reason to believe right. that Hornsby knows Leah exists. Right, and that was where I was saying to you last time, as I was saying, like, it's interesting because he talked him into going, but he was lying to him, but he wasn't lying to him on purpose, which I don't think I, he I don't lied know. to Carlson. In what way, in what way did Hornsby no, no, lie no, to Carlson? No, 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 he, let me, let me rephrase it. He, he didn't lie. He told him something that wasn't true, but he didn't know it wasn't true. So it wasn't really a lie. But, I'm saying that what he said wasn't true. He just didn't know it. So, yeah, it wasn't, I'm, I'm phrasing it wrong. It wasn't really a lie. But that oh, he sent him. Not, well, he sent him on a. He sent him on a. It, it turned out to be a wild goose chase, but neither of them knew it. Right, but he thought. I think he believed that group took the weapons. Was my point. Yes, I don't. Yes, think it was just turned true. out. They were so, just wrong. It wasn't. I mean, he didn't tell him anything yeah. that wasn't true. He told him what he believed to be correct information. Right, but I had wondered when I watched it before we knew who really took it. I had kind of gotten the opinion that. That, that he may have just been setting them up and, like, none of it was true. I didn't – I mean, I don't know. I just – I didn't know. So I just thought yeah, it was the missing, interesting. The missing piece for the viewer – the missing piece for the viewer is we don't know it's where they were shipping those guns in the first place. That's true, too. Yeah. We don't know the original destination. 
of that of those guns. And it's kind of, I mean, the, the guns, like, I'm starting to feel like those guns are a MacGuffin. Like, it doesn't really matter, any of this. It's all a, it's just a MacGuffin to write the rest of this ridiculous coincidence that everybody meets up in this one place together, right? So that we can have Megan yeah. and Maggie and all these people together in one place. And, and even sure. Leah, it's just, I mean, it, it's, like, well, you knew Leah was going to show back up. I mean, I think that was... It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was it, it, to me, it, to me, I mean, that's the ending. Let's maybe put a pin in that because I'm going to rant about it. So let's, can we sit, since this is my most hated moment, can we wait to the end so, you know, I don't lose control and just no, go insane? No, that's fine. Um, I actually <laughs> mostly want to talk to you about Negan because that is what mm-hmm. I had the issues with in this episode. Now, I um, talked to Medina last week who plays his wife, which... I was was a little surprised about. Um, And the one thing that I had asked her is that, um, and I don't know if you read it or not, but um, she tells Maggie that she knows everything, right? What what I questioned to her was that Negan saying, hey, I killed people, is not the same thing as actually seeing how what he did and how violent it was, because he didn't just kill Glenn. I mean, we know that. Um, and, and she seems to think that she knows really all of what happened. But I, I don't know. I just kind of question that hearing it from somebody secondhand is not the same thing as actually knowing the kind of things he did. But, I mean, but, it's not secondhand. So, like, it's Negan's – what you're saying is we don't know if Negan had a spin on it. Like, Negan – like, what did right. he even tell – like, did he say, I killed these people with a baseball bat? Um, in a very brutal fashion in front of his pregnant wife and, like, what reasons he gave him. Like, probably Negan gave a sympathetic version of himself or did Negan give her the unvarnished truth, right? Yeah, I don't know. He seemed to think she probably knows the full truth. But I just feel like if it was me, like, even being told I smashed somebody's head with a baseball bat, it's still not the same thing as seeing somebody do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... You're not right. saying that violence. Like she's forgiving him for things he did, but she didn't live through those things. And that doesn't mean that she wouldn't have still forgave him. I'm not saying she wouldn't. I just, I, I question it. But um, it, it, it sounds like from what she said, and I don't know because obviously she couldn't tell. What is that? Ooh, is some, wait, wait, is somebody having a riot in their house? What's going on? Not my house. There's a lot of background noise. AJ, mute yourself. Okay. Yeah, we need to get in the switchboard sure. and, and <laughs> AJ <laughs> mute it. Um, what was I saying? I lost track of what I was saying. Oh, well, you're saying watching the episode. Whoops, sorry. I get the opinion from watching the episode and talking to her though, and this is just my opinion because I don't know. She couldn't tell me anything, but I think that. Um, Maybe she's done some things too. Maybe you know. I, I don't know. Well, that's just my but, guess. But that's exactly her point. Like she made to Maggie. Everybody, nobody has lived this long without doing some things. If you're still alive, yeah. you have killed. I mean, even that was part of Rick's like three questions: how many how many walkers have you killed? How many people have you killed? How many humans have you killed? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you have to assume that everyone who's still living has killed humans, especially on this yeah. show where it appears that the only kind of humans still living are horrible, horrible, religious, 
murderous religious zealots appear to be the only people like, like these people in the tower this guy ian played by michael bean is kind of exactly like pope right like they're they are yeah. apparently a very it actually um surprises me that negan has joined them it's a little um i mean so i'm having a lot of yeah trouble i was kind of surprised that he was in that group to begin with but I, I, I don't know. My my problem with all of it is I I get that to some extent, and I've said this before, they're going to have another show. Whether or not people think they should is, is a whole other can of worms. But they're having a show with Negan. I feel like to some extent they want people to, I don't necessarily want to say forgive him, but they want people to be okay with it because in general – when you have a show, you don't want them to be the antagonist unless it's something like Dexter where you're okay with them killing. <laughs> you know, most people are not fans of Negan's in the sense of what he did. You know, I mean, most people, if they like Negan, it's because they like him from the comic. But they want you to be okay with it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and I get that and I understand that. But I, I cannot, and I've said this a million times, having Maggie get over it is what I don't, I don't buy. And I... It irritated me some of the stuff with Negan and her kid because I feel like the whole stuff with Herschel was to make Negan seem more sympathetic the way he his conversations with him. Did you feel like that? I don't know. I mean, it didn't work, but I feel like that's what they were going for. I have multiple issues with that. So, so yeah, so Herschel is probably about – He's younger than Judith. What do you think? He's maybe six years old or something. Seven. I mean, he looks a little older. He looks like eight or nine in this, but I mean, he would have been a I'm bad baby. At eight, so I have no clue. Anyway, um, yeah, he's very small. He's never met his father. Um, and like Maggie took him with her on the road for many years, right? She took Herschel with her or did she leave Herschel at the hilltop for all those years she's been gone? Um, I think Stone took with, stowed, stowed with her that yeah. time. I mean, it's the kind of thing that Herschel, ha, like, has a murderous feeling towards Negan. My mom told me that a bad man killed him. That's fine. But I almost feel like, gee, like, he's a, is he as vengeful as Maggie? Like, what the fuck, Maggie? Have you spent every single day of the kid's entire life, like, building? Like, it's been so many years. And I'm not saying Maggie should ever, like, accept Negan and be friends with him. And she will always miss her husband, and it's a horrible, horrible thing. But the the level of revenge in her, uh, the level of vengeance of like what we saw in in Herschel right there, uh, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it didn't happen. It's not a fresh thing. It happened years ago, including I mean, it's years ago for us, and there's a time jump for the characters, right? I just feel like uh-huh. they're they're building up this Nag- Maggie Negan thing and to extend it to Herschel felt a little bit like, I'm like, gee, what kind of mom is, is she that, I, I mean, I guess the fact that Herschel figured it out in two minutes that the bad man is Negan, like, I guess he's noticed how much his mother, like, has he ever been around Maggie and Negan? Has he ever seen her like fight with him? I just, the way Herschel figured it out in one minute can only be because he has more context from Maggie of the man who killed his father and who he was and all this yeah. stuff. I, I don't know. I just felt like, gee, you're not raising your kid to, uh, I don't know. I, I, 
it doesn't surprise me that Herschel would be good with a gun. Like all these kids should be raised to handle guns from a from a I don't know. Is it ever wise to put a gun in the hands of a six year old even in the apocalypse? I don't know. But like it doesn't surprise me these kids are good at guns and right? Like that part didn't bother yeah. me so much, but but that level of but I agree with you also that I felt like it, it was to give Negan an opportunity to show that he is sorry because they're setting him up to be the protagonist of a new show, right? It also mm-hmm. made me really think if they're going to do a show about Maggie and Negan, where is Herschel going to be? Likewise, in this episode, I mean, um, um, like, like, are we supposed to believe that Maggie would ever give up Herschel to go do no, what she's going to do with Negan? Um, and do and we yet want we to have seen little kid. <laughs> we don't know. Right. The thing is, I and yet, and yet, I hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We have seen Rick and Michonne abandon their children, right? And they yeah. are now. Like, Daryl in this episode refers to them as his kids. And now there's going to be a spinoff, and we're supposed to believe that Daryl and Carol are going to leave these kids behind? Like, like yeah. I'm starting to really I'm starting to really not want to watch the yeah. spinoffs because of these inconsistencies in the writing, right? Well, anyway, I agree, anyway, I agree with you about the Negan thing, yes. Sorry. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, I, I have less problems with Negan being in a new show than I do with them wanting you to forgive Negan. Like, if you're going to have a show with Negan and Maggie, have Negan be Negan. Don't try to make it like Negan wasn't really bad or Negan is sorry for – I mean, he can be remorseful. I'm not saying he shouldn't be, but I, I just feel like the way they're doing it, they're trying to push you into forgiveness. We had this, this conversation with Falling Skies with Pope how many times. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's just – he, he's Negan. Make him Negan. If you want to make a show about him, I can be okay with that, but don't tell me and try to shove in my face that he's this good guy, because he's not. And he doesn't have to well, know. Yeah, I, I don't I know. Think it, it just sometimes it, rubs me the wrong way a little bit. It would be helpful to me if the redemption of Negan would, wouldn't, I, I mean, like, Negan never, like, we keep saying, but Negan never says, uh, excuse me, Glenn murdered people, you and Glenn murdered people in their sleep. You murdered pe- my people in their, right? Like, Rick and Maggie, uh-huh. not Maggie, was, maybe Maggie didn't, was she pregnant then? But Rick and Glenn and Abraham and Daryl and all of them attacked, unprovoked, attacked the saviors in their sleep and started the whole thing, right? So, like, there is yeah. an argument to be made Although that... the saviors were killing people and doing things to people. But they the saviors were... Okay. The saviors were extorting Alexandria. The saviors were extorting Alexandria, and Rick volunteered to be their enforcers and take care of it, right, without knowing what the hell he was doing. But anyway, like, like, and it, like... You murder people in their sleep, and then their leader comes and gets you. And I'm not saying that the way Negan did it was correct. We've, we've talked about this for years, right? But I guess the yeah, redemption of Negan. Yeah, the retaliation you can understand. If you're going to redeem Negan, like, no one ever reminds Maggie, like, 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 Glenn's hands were not clean. Nobody's hands are, like, Annie, Annie says in this episode, which to, she says, like, I know what you did. We've all done things. You're not, if you're alive now, you've done things. Like, Maggie's done shit, right? Um, but she's not exactly accepting that or, or coming two weeks ago, clean about Maggie, we shot a bunch, Maggie shot a couple of reapers in the back as they were running away a couple of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Like, there's that too. So I just wish, so I agree with you that they're like, as they push Negan's redemption, like, like, so Maggie said, no one's hands are clean, but it would be more helpful if any one of our main characters would say, our hands are not clean either. Maggie, your hands are not clean. Maggie, we love Glenn, but he, you know, I'm like, I, 
I like Iron have done stuff. Like it, it comes from a new character. Um, speaking of the new character, I like I'm really struggling with these time jumps. Like we now have multiple time jumps every single week, and the last time we saw Negan was when he's like, "Maggie, I'm out of here." And now I don't know how long it's been, but he joined a community that you and I like. I just don't believe he joined a community of religious. Like, they're just like the Reapers, and they're religious and violent, and I just don't see Negan joining a religious group, right? And he has fallen in love, gotten married, and the wife is 12 weeks pregnant. So we're talking about at least a six, nine, how many month time jump, right? Yeah. Well, there's also the fact, and, and this is where I get even more confused, and I don't think that they've caught up to this yet. I'm trying to remember when it is. But... Remember how at the beginning of the uh, well, it was the beginning of the season, beginning of the back half of the season. Remember how like when the, the um, Commonwealth came, and then like it showed um, Daryl and the soldiers coming back to Maggie, and it said like X amount of months later. Yeah. Do you, I don't think they've caught up to that quite yet, have they? No, I, I think that's think next we, week's episode, as a matter of fact. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Um, so. I mean, what we've seen, it's my understanding the way they've been doing, they always confuse me with the time jumps on here, but um, it's my understanding that, like, we've been watching leading up to where they skipped a bit. So that period, most of that would have passed when Negan was gone, but it still does not seem like enough. I agree. Did they say, they said how far she was pregnant? Or no? She said I'm she said I'm twelve weeks give or take because you can't see a doctor, okay. you can't really know, right? But yeah, when Maggie that was also crazy when Maggie's like she bites something that's crunchy and Maggie she says ginger, ginger and that means which I guess, I guess she could I guess she could smell the ginger and never having been pregnant, I don't know, but I assume it has some good prenatal vitamins or something in it, or maybe it helps with the nausea from morning sickness. Maybe, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But but she says, yeah, I'm 12 weeks, give or take. And I assume that's because you never can really know it because you can't see a gynecologist, right? You can't see an obstetrician right. in the apocalypse. Right. Um, so I assume that was why. Uh, but, but and, and like, I'm not really sure, like, it remains to be seen. Did they make her pregnant just so she could 12 weeks and clue with him in the time jump? Or is there is there, like, what kind of storyline is to be had here with Negan having a child um i mean it's so crazy like me and really i feel has never gotten over lucille his wife lucille right like yeah and then that's to... kind of why i questioned the fact that he got married again it, it seemed a little strange but i don't know it's so hard i to mean tell. I, I, I could i could believe that he has changed during the time that he was in the jail in alexandria he does in the comic book change to a certain degree largely through his relationship with carl um And, like, but it seems to me and to you, I think, that the redemption of Negan over these past couple years and episodes is not Mm -hmm. about, like, a character. It's more about setting him up for a spinoff and that they got to make him like Mm -hmm. him for a spinoff. And that it's not really about finishing out this chapter. It's more about commercializing him. My point, like, I think that you can have a show about him. I don't think that you have to redeem him to have, I I feel like they think you do. You know what I mean? But, like, I would be more on board with it if he was 
this bright Negan and was somebody that you still didn't like because of what he did. Yes, like, you, that's you know, more realistic. But I don't think so you're know trying what? to go that way. You know, I like to read Eric Kane, who was the recapper for he recaps Walking Dead for Forbes magazine, and in his review this week, he suggested a better spinoff would be Negan and Carlson, who are two really hardcore like guys, and they would be like not that like I mean, just a suggestion off the top of this writer's head. Well, I guess, Carlson's but, dead. So I know, but like if but but he wouldn't no, he doesn't have to be dead, right? Like if you're gonna spin Negan off with a character like there are better people than Maggie. Like why are they trying to make the, the most the the least believable odd couple storyline? Right? Like we're supposed to go from yeah. Herschel almost shooting Negan out of like basically what he's learned from Matt, right? And then to and then they're gonna be on a but like they're gonna be together in New York City. Like who like he was just saying, like, Carlson is a little bit more like Negan. Anyway, it, it was just a, just throwing it out there as a, something that somebody else suggested on the Internet. Like, if you're going to make a Negan spinoff, maybe this should be it, right? Or I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. we're both so frustrated with it. And I, I, I like, this fast-forwarding of Negan's, like, why he would join this community of people who – like, with the introduction of, of their boss, Ian, last week, they did not seem at all like a sympathetic community. Then this week they seemed to just be like a bunch of normal people. And I don't know how long Negan's been there. That, well, I don't know, you know, but that's he, why I questioned the beginning. I kind of questioned that not all of that was real, that some of that was yeah. put on just to scare people. Because it, to me, made more sense the more I've seen, because you're right. Like, they acted like they were these big, bad people. And the only one okay, there but, that seems but to be really, bad in any way is the Jason that they showed. I know, but you know, I don't, I'm just saying it. it and you know, I have thing. disagreed with you, and I feel like that's fine. I mean, if you, but wait, but wait, let me finish. This week, like you know, Aaron said they're like, well, Aaron said something like, well, gee, your boss, why should we trust you? Your boss has a wall of skulls in his room, and no one ever says. Oh, that's just for show, or that's, that's the address just, to that's, people that's away. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's no, good point. no one says, "Oh, we were just doing a little stagecraft there to scare people away." Like, no, you're right. Um, but they, it just, it seems like these people, other than the leader, they don't seem scary. Yes, you know why? You know why? Bad writing. Cause that's what I'm just gonna say because <laughs> of the writing. Yeah. Well. Um, so there was much that was frustrating about that. I was very frustrated at the end when it turns out that the person who killed um, the Commonwealth people was Leah. Um, one thing that about it that frustrates me is like I just don't I just don't care about her and I don't know what is left to really say about her or resolve about her. Like she and Daryl are over, aren't they? Like in what way are she and Daryl uh-huh. ever getting? We are never ever getting back together, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, you said that I was thinking I could see maybe Leah and Negan going off. And I'm not saying I want to spin off of Leah, but I'm just saying, like, at least them, like, I could, like, they seem more suited that they would go off together than somebody like Maggie. It's just, it, it's Maggie and yeah. Negan together that doesn't make sense is the problem. I mean, at least in my what, Leah, what Leah has done in her recent episodes with the Reapers and choosing the Reapers over Daryl and framing Daryl, like, there's just no way... And I and I just feel like like this whole mystery of who took the guns and whatever, like I don't really care about. Like like it it again, 
a MacGuffin, right? Like the point of this I also was don't get why. Like she's mad at at Maggie's people. I I don't see how her taking these guns, other than if she just took them because she wanted guns. Like oh, I don't she's understand alone. what the point of her killing them to take the guns was. Like I just don't because. Get it. Well, because the only way you can hijack that shipment of guns is by killing them. There's no way you steal right, those guns from. Her... Co- I guess. Oh, I mean, she's alone. She really need to hijack a whole. Well, yes. that's true. I guess she needs. She's a alone, and she's going to need guns to survive. And she's military, and her weapon of choice is guns. I guess. I just here's my question. If and and, and again, this is not real life. But if you were looking for a gun and needed a gun, if, I mean, if it were me, I would be more likely to try to overtake, like, one person on the road that had a gun than go after a bunch of soldiers that have a bunch of weapons when you're one person. Okay. It just seems like a big okay. – does that make sense? When okay, remember, like, like a big thing remember, there's almost nobody left alive. And are you really going to see That's one true. person walking down the road? Like, there's no – well, in this show, no. they find everybody and their cousin the next day. So yes, you're right. You're them. right. You're right. Fair enough. Um, no, I I know. What you mean. I, I just to me it seems like a big thing. I think no there reason. are too many characters. I think Lee is not a character that offers me anything to explore that I care about anymore. I don't think there's any more Daryl being like, oh, it's Leo. What should I do? Like, you know, I just think it, like the whole. This whole thing was set up to show Hornsby bad, and it did, but I just feel it. I mean, nothing against Lynn Collins. She's a good actress, who you know, but uh-huh. it frustrated me to see her, and I was like, oh, shit, she's bad. Now I got, you know, we're supposed to be moving towards the end and resolving storylines, not dragging them out. So that bothered me. Um, yeah. and, and these people in this house, I don't know if they're going to be, like, like introducing new communities, I guess, bothers me to slay yeah, the game. Good when point. Like, why are we needing a whole new community when we've got only, you know, X amount left. Yeah, and the Commonwealth there's is... One episode, is a, there's one episode left before the the two-thirds, whatever you want to call it, the B finale. The next, 11 B finale the third, next week. The third, third, yeah, for the mid... Yeah. The the finale of this segment, or whatever we're calling it, right? Yeah, it's, it's mid-season um, finale, but usually when they say that, it means in half instead of in two-thirds. Yeah. So yeah. it's the end of part B. Um so, yeah, it seems kind of strange they're introducing them. But then again, I mean, maybe we'll never see that group again until we see – I mean, at some point I assume we're going to see them again because we've got to have something happen in order for Negan and Maggie to go wherever the hell they go. But, I mean, who knows? Well, maybe we won't see them at the end of the show. I don't know. I, I mean, I think we'll see them because, like, if we're supposed to believe that Negan joined them, fell in love, got married, got pregnant, whatever – then, then we can't be expected to believe that Negan will just leave that group, right? Like, why no, would Negan? We won't see that group again. I mean, I mean, if we go back oh, to we our will. group, we might well, not we will, see until the end of the show, though. We don't know that necessarily. Uh, you know what I'm I mean, saying? Well, like, I mean, we'll see him. We're not going to see him next week, but we will see much more. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't spin Negan off and never show him again until his new show, right? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe till the end of the season. I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense if they don't. I don't know. I was just we'll see them. I mean, they they introduced. Look, they made that woman, Jamie. They made that woman available for interviews. She's not a one episode character, right? That actress you interviewed, who plays Megan's wife. I just don't know when. But I don't think there's a whole lot of episodes left. Like that's. I think she'll obviously get killed. I think the fact that Megan is spinning off, she'll obviously get killed. I think. I think she's not maybe for this. or maybe who knows maybe she'll keep her kid in Herschel and no 
it's hard to tell what this yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's. Uh, we we're taking a long time. Let's talk about the other the B story with um the yeah, robbery, yeah. which was a to me a ridiculous storyline that. It's, I, okay, I have, let me I just say something, and this is what we got in the text conversation about that I texted you about, like when I was asking you before and you didn't know what the hell I was talking about and was driving me crazy. They cannot track all the bullets. That is the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time. That they track. Yeah. The, okay. Saying if all of a sudden a bunch of bullets disappear. Yeah, that I totally believe. But to say that we're going to go in this situation that has a chance to kill us and we'd rather take the chance of dying than take the chance of them finding out we used one stray bullet, which they had no way of knowing. Like you would take the guns with you and at least only use them if you needed them. You would still take the weapons. But my point is, yes, if you use like a couple hundred bullets, they're going to know they're missing. If you go in there and you end up shooting one bullet, they're not going to know it was gone. It's just, it's not like, it's not a, a laser yeah. gun in the sci-fi universe. You can't. No. As I mean, I, know, you I can't think it was poorly. I think that was poor. I didn't know what you meant until I saw it in this week's episode. I think it was poorly written. I think they could say, Jamie and Karen, you each get two magazines with 10 bullets. And when you come back, they'd be like, why are all your bullets gone, Jamie? You'd be like, oh, there was a pack of walkers. I had to shoot them, right? Um, you're yeah, right. Like, if a case of ammunition was missing, but it's the apocalypse, and you get incursions yeah. through the walls, and you might at any time have to fire a handful of bullets to kill a walker, right? Um, especially and also, took a, they'd be the ones that would get in trouble, yeah. not especially the other from people. what we've seen. What we've seen, the Commonwealth soldiers—they're grossly mm-hmm. incompetent, and they're not really capable of shooting. Unless there's Perfect. like we saw last week, there were there were like ten soldiers, and they fire like tons of bullets at the zombies. But every time we see them in a one-on-one situation, they get killed, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're not good fighters, yeah. and they're only they're only able to shoot. Like, they can't fight in close hand-to-hand. Even though we saw them in training, when, yeah, when they were in training, we saw them in hand-to-hand, but they seem to really be bad at it. So you're right. There's no way you can track, like, we a um, bullet, two bullets, three. Like, you can't, I, I know you can't make people. that's even important, but it irritated me. It was just something that one of those little nitpicks was stuck out, and I'm like, why? Yes. I'm not a police officer, but I think police do have to account for their, maybe when police get ammunition from work, they, but most cops, will they shoot one bullet a year, even that much, right? Like a cop, like if you're a yeah, police officer, like, than, than that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like in the real world, a, cop, a police officer might never shoot his weapon in its whole well, career, depending on his job, world, right? Though, too. Yeah, but in the real world, they but, also, like, investigate murders and go by bullet casings and everything else, which they're not going to yes. do when they're killing walkers. Right, right, so right, right, right. It's, neither it's ridiculous it's just on this program. That using that, it, it, it's not that that matters. That was something little. What irritated me is to use that as an excuse that they can't take weapons made no sense. Because to me, if that was me, I would have been like, well, I'm taking the weapon. I would rather take the chance of getting in trouble with the Commonwealth than die. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're right. So. Here's what to me is is even more was more ridiculous in this episode, that the Commonwealth uses American. Okay, they use American dollars as their currency, right? On the one mm-hmm. hand, it makes sense. On the other hand, like you can't control it because shouldn't like okay, there's millions of zombies walking around. I'd say a good number of them might have a wallet in their pocket with a few dollars or a purse, or, like at any. Any zombie you find, any back, like you could find money around anywhere in in the apocalypse, right? 
Um, That's true. I also think that it was kind of ridiculous that, so the Commonwealth is, what, a 10, 20-year-old organization, like they've been there a long time, and that no one's been able to break into this house for all these years is kind of ridiculous because, like, again, the incompetence of the Commonwealth that they have an army and they can't get in there. But Daryl and Rosita can get in there in two minutes, right? Um, and that yeah. Sebastian, it just happens to be that Sebastian's, like, drug dealer friend's father lived down the street and had a mansion, and Sebastian knew – why would Sebastian know the code to his friend's father's panic room and have saved the code for, like, 15 years? And remember, Like, it just, it just made no sense to me that – it wouldn't make more sense to me to be like, hey, there's a bank in town. Go rob the bank in town, right? Like, yeah. that – to me, might like it was. Yeah, like just, that I mean, Army of the Dead, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, like Army yeah. of the Dead. Yeah, that, no, you're, it, you're it, right. Like it, it was a bunch of coincidence, whatever. Um, and it was like all very like silly that no one the Commonwealth managed to survive for all these years, and it turns out there's no comp. Well, I guess the part of the point was they didn't want to send soldiers because like Sebastian was pressuring like it was just a dumb plan. People who like, needed yeah, like I mean, poor, I, I think they could have give. I think they could have got the point across in other ways. The point is that Sebastian is making people that that need money or that he can coerce and blackmail into doing things to get what he wants. Yes. I mean, that's the whole yeah. point of it. And that's that the, the whole point. Place right. is that he's cor- correct. Like a the whole lot place of is rotten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's the point. Um, I, I yeah. did out of all of that, I will say I did like that Mercer came in and saved them and how he killed those two guys. Um, the ones that I were, did not. I did not. Really? Well, here's Thank the you. thing. I, I I did and I did not. I did at first, and then later I was like, it was just way too much of coincidence that Daryl's late for lunch. So Carol's like, oh shit, let me go. Like, why would Mercer do anything for Carol? Right? Like again, like like, and I, I I'm I'm like, I, I don't want to like. I mean, I read a few. I read a few. Uh, I read a few recappers this week. I read a couple recappers this week, and it does seem like we have we ever seen Carol talk to Mer- like I don't know for Carol to be like like I understand that Carol has a spice. Like I get it, Carol. Carol and for Daryl not show up for lunch when he says he's going to, and she has a spidey yeah. sense and she knows things are shitty. That's how I get it. That she goes right to Mercer, and that Mercer is like, okay, yeah. I'll help you, Carol. And then that they just happened to show up at the, like, how did they happen to show up at the, at the house? I guess they must have tailed them. Like, how did they show up yeah. at the, at the money house at the right time? I guess, I guess the writers forgot to tell us the part where Carol tailed them. Cause pretty much maybe, I, that I would believe. Or maybe Carol he knew been, they had he, done it before. Is it possible he knew they had done it before? I don't think he oh, did. Maybe, did he? Oh, yeah. That's part see, of the problem. I don't. But I, think I don't think he knew. Was when he found out they did it. So I don't think he did yeah. know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's neither but, here nor there. But it, but it's it, the it kind of is because it, it's the sloppy writing, right? Like, I, I yeah. believe maybe that Carol followed them because Carol's been, her entire thing, has she sneaked around, right? This is what she did when they first joined Alexandria. This is what she's doing since she's joined the Commonwealth. Carol's a good sneaker. And, and a yeah, spy, if she right? followed them and then doubled back and went back and got Mercer, that would be a little bit more. I could see yeah. that a little bit more. I agree. You're but right. Anyway, you're there because the, I shouldn't demand the, quality. Yeah, but. I mean it's the point. It, it's it's corrupt. 
And the other point of it is that when Carol, Karen, Karen, when Carol talks to Hornsby, she finds out that he knows and doesn't care. I mean, I'm not surprised. By yeah. That. Carol, I'm not either. But surprised by it at first, but then she's like, oh yeah, at least she's smart enough to keep her mouth shut and be like, oh yeah, that's fine. Um, you know. But she's looking at why it like, oh, did, hell no, that ain't going to happen. You ain't going to do that, <laughs> you know. Um, why so do you think Hornsby like doesn't that. care? I mean, do you think well, Hornsby's getting a let cut? Me, let me rephrase it. I don't think. No, 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 I'm not. I don't Hornsby, mean that. I don't. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I don't think that Hornsby wants him to go out and kill people. I don't want to mean it like I'm saying he doesn't care. I think that to him keeping that kid happy is important because he wants okay. his mother to be happy. So okay, I think that's, that he is all fine with him doing all this because that's okay. what the kid does and he keeps him happy. Does that I make more sense what I mean? Yeah, and I wasn't disagreeing with you. I was asking out of no, I know curiosity. Right. Like, like why is Hornsby okay with it? Um, that's because my opinion he, why he's okay with it. I think he does everything that kid wants because he wants to be on their good side and get what he needs. And I think that probably that kid does things for him to some extent too. He probably, when he needs him to go against other people, he probably does. Like he wants to keep Sebastian out of his hair, but also under control a little bit. And also and, in his pocket, yeah. Yeah, that's yes. my opinion. Um, um, my kind of a kind of a bigger question in my mind at the end there was like, so Carol's like, oh yeah, if you're not if you're part of the problem, not part of the whatever solution, you're part. Of, yeah, I know. If you're not mean. part of the solution, you're part of the problem, and she's going along with it. My other question I'm asking my tel- not you, but I'm asking the television, why does Hornsby trust Carol, and does Hornsby trust Carol? Like, Carol thinks she's playing Hornsby. Maybe Hornsby's actually playing her? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I still think what I said to you before, that I, I think that he sees that Carol kind of has the same, I don't want to say that same sneakiness, but he knows that Carol knows how to play the game to get what she wants. And I think he kind of sees himself in her in that way, but I think he underestimates or overestimates, maybe I should say, how far that extends. Because Carol will do things to get what she needs, but Carol will not hurt people to get what she needs if they're good people. And I think that he he is overestimating how far he can that she's willing to do what he does. Does that make sense? That's kind of how I see it. I don't know that that's accurate, but that's how I see it. Well, I mean, Carol will totally kill people if they need to be killed, right? Like yes, Carol single-handedly took out all the But she's right, not right, right, right. Yeah. the good people no. to get. Where no. he will, he'll do. He'll betray anybody. Like, like I said before, yeah. I don't think Hornsby necessarily wants people to die. I mean, yeah. I, if he did, I don't think he would have helped that group of people. I don't think he necessarily cared, but I don't think right. he's out to kill people. I think he's out to make things work for him, and he matters above all else. Right. And I totally, I agree a hundred percent. Like he does not, he's not out to kill people. Like he's not a crazy murderer. But you're right. He's trying to form his own colony, I think, maybe, right? We're not really sure, but but he's trying to amass his own power at any rate, right? That seems obvious. Mm -hmm. And if people get killed, like, he definitely doesn't care. He's like, oh, yeah, 30 or 40 people probably got killed in that house, whatever. We finally got the money. That's great. Like, he really doesn't care. And I think he's very much like, like Pamela that... He definitely doesn't care if the little people get killed, like poor people or people who are not like in power don't matter to him, right? If they get killed, that's fine. Um, right. Yeah. He's uh, he's. It's hard. I can't say what's. It's hard for me to see what's going to happen because this is not who he is in the comic book. 
mean, he's, he's yeah. not a good guy, but he's not this major player with he's this not master plan player. or whatever. That's what he, I, he's I just not before. a. I feel like in Walking Dead, there's guy. levels of evil. There really is. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's the only way I know how to explain that. There's levels of evil. Uh, I mean, I think there's very little actual evil in The Walking Dead. Like, someone like like Pope from The Reapers was kind of evil. And there's a point where you would have said Negan maybe was evil because of the way he treated people in his own community, right? But but right. most people who are bad, as we talk a lot about this, pe- most bad people think they're the good people. Although that's true right. of most villains. Unless they're yes, the every villain, every, insane you're right, every villain. Most in, villains every, are yeah. good. Unless you're like... Unless you're like, I don't know, like, I don't Joker. know, Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's what I yeah. immediately went to. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Most of them think yeah. they're, they're doing the right thing yeah. a lot of times. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, there's levels so, of acceptable bad, there's levels of unacceptable bad, yeah. and then there's bad. Um, yeah. So, and that's not saying that what he's doing is acceptable. I don't mean it in that way. I'm just saying that there's different levels of it. All right. Well, I think we kind of so, talked that to death. We did. Let me ask one thing. So the promo for next week. Next week is the mid-season or the third, the B section, the the section two finale, right? Oh wait, next you week. still have. No, I take that back, and I apologize. I'm going by AMC Plus. There is one more episode on AMC before. So there's two more the on mid-season. network on regular yeah. AMC. There's um, yeah. There's the episode that um. I'm talking to uh, Paula for, which is the one that'll be on AMC. So yeah, you've got two left. Okay. The promo for next week is the flashback to Daryl to Maggie at the gate saying to Hornsby, "Why should I trust you?" And Daryl says, "I'm asking you to trust me," which yeah. which is totally more in perspective now because when we first saw that like six weeks ago, we were like, "Wow, Daryl trusts them," and now seeing that, I'm like, "Oh, Daryl has a plan." Yeah. Yeah, we'll see about that. I don't want to say. We'll see about that. We'll see. Being careful what I say. Yeah, but yeah, there's if you if you if you watch linear rather than AMC Plus, you have two episodes left. If you watch AMC, there's so okay good. Or if you watch AMC Plus, yeah. All right. Um. Okay. Well. Uh. Then I guess that's it. Um. And then I just wanted to say something has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but I remembered it when I um saw this because my dad was saying that um, Marvel show starts in a couple days, doesn't it? That new Disney. What? what Marvel? Moon Knight starts tomorrow. Moonlight. Oh, Moon Knight. Okay. Moon, I, Moon Knight I, starts tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Who's watching it? Yeah. AJ, are you going to watch it? Of course. The fact yeah, that I'm you know that it's happening. Um, I, I, I didn't know that, but I'll watch it. Okay. So maybe we'll add that to our coverage next okay. week. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. You do we need something. No, no. Can we take? Can we take before Snowpiercer? Can we take three minutes? I watched Halo okay. tonight. Jamie, you've seen the first oh, okay. episode of Halo, also. Yeah. AJ, are you watching yeah, it? The first two. No, I'm not. I might watch it eventually, but it's not on my to-do list. All right, Jamie, but have you ever played the video game? I did before I did the interview. Yes, I went and I downloaded it. I, I have um, X, whatever it's called, Xbox Game Pass. So I went and I downloaded. I forget which one I did, but I went and played. But it you had not. Bit. But you um, had not played it before. No, I had not. Um, I and am I never not have. a 
and, and granted, I've I seen the show before I played the game. But anyway, um, I am not a first-person shooter person. I like video games, but I really do not like <clears throat> first-person shooter for a couple reasons. Part of it is when I play first-person, a lot of times I get sort of dizzy, so that's the main reason I think I hate them. But um, the game was okay, but I did not know – I didn't know what to expect from the show, I guess, because a lot of times when they make a video game, and I'm saying this as I'm thinking how much I love Un- Uncharted and their of, – of whether or not – and I'm, not, I'm saying I love Uncharted the game. I'm not saying specifically the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, usually when they make a game, it's not anything what people will expect. But at the same time, something like Halo, I just did not think would be my kind of show. But I did not expect it to be, in my opinion, is a pretty good storyline with the aliens are fighting and everything. I liked it. I liked it a lot more than I expected to. And it's obviously they spent a lot of money on it. Those are my main my main comment. All right. Know, what did so you I know. Yeah. So um, I feel like you do that. They obviously spent quite a lot of money on it. Um, I did not like. I had a hard time with it. So the beginning, apparently the whole like cold open with the attack on the planet. Um, I felt that even though I don't play video games, it looked to me like I was watching a video game. Like I don't really know about video games is like. I don't know, if I go to my nephew's house, he's always playing them, or, like, I see commercials for Halo. I see all those commercials for Halo mm-hmm. on TV or whatever, right? And I felt mm-hmm. at first like I was watching a video game, and I really didn't like the color palette, and it felt like a video game, and it was a little – and then I was like, wait, this is really complicated with this artifact and these people, and what's going on? It took, it took, like, half the show for me to be like, okay, there's a story evolving here, and yeah, finally – right? Right, like the story, yeah. it, it's in the second half of the episode that the story starts to come together. Um, mm-hmm. It still feels a little video game-ish. It's like right now the story and even some of the scenes feel like things I've seen, like like that. So you know the woman who's the blonde, That's... who's kind of like the scientist. I was like, wow, she looks mm-hmm. like Kate Winslet in in uh, The Giver or in whatever, right? Like um, no, in Divergent, she looks like Kate Winslet in Divergent. Anyway, I felt like. Some of it felt like things I've seen or stories I've heard, like elements that have happened. And then in the second in the second half of the episode, it starts to come together into maybe its own thing. Right. So now, I've also seen two episodes, too. I watched two back-to-back, which I think makes a difference, too, because I got more of the story. But it does. Um, I don't know. I like, I like the characters. I think it's pretty cool. It's, I, I like stuff like that, though, that's kind of got a complicated, you know. I mean, it's definitely not like a simple one-line story but yeah. I don't know I think I mean, I'll watch a, I would I'll watch a second episode and see uh, you know I'll watch a second episode and see the way it ended was enough for me to be like let me see what happens but it was a little mm-hmm. I mean if you, you gotta you gotta get through the first half hour and then yeah yeah to it me, is. And I, the second you're right half hour. it is kind of a little video game-ish I hadn't even really thought about that at the beginning now that you say that I it, kind of it looks like a video you know what it made me, yeah. me think of though and I don't know if I should say this because it sounds like a deterrent. It's not. But for whatever reason, when I watched the opening battle, you know what it made me think of? And I started laughing. It for some what? reason reminds me of the old Power Ranger movies when they have like them. And I know that they're nothing like them, but how they have like the big monster machine things fighting. And for whatever reason, that was what I kept thinking about is those battles they used to have. Because I grew up like I was at that age when it was on. And um, I don't know. It made me think of of Power Rangers battling the big mechanical monsters and everything for some reason, but 
Um, but yeah. But I still I can't like come. It. I it, it just made me think of it when I watched it. I'm not even sure why, to be honest. Well, I'm a little older than you, and I even watched the Power Rangers, so I can't comment on that. But um, I'm not a little older than you. I'm a lot older than you. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't think that we're maybe going to cover it on this podcast unless people fell in love with it. It's well-reviewed, and it looks very expensive, and I'll watch it. we'll watch at least one more, right? Or you've seen yeah, two. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I want to. I want to look up how much money they're spending because it looks really expensive. Like it looks like they spent a lot. In fact, yeah. in the opening scenes, in the in like the first couple scenes, I was like, wait a minute, is this live action or is this that sort of like video game thing where it's a combo of like like live action and animation, and then they're like, no, it's in a, for the most part live action. The, in the first two scenes, I was like, I mean, Are there's you some real CGI, people? but no, it's yeah, it, it, it's live action. You're right, but. I mean, and there and it's shit. It's tons of green screen and CGI, but um, it, yeah. like particularly in the first scenes, I was like, wait, are these even what? Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It, it, I mean, it looks like it costs more than something like The Expanse, which eventually like couldn't go on because it was so expensive, right? It, it looks really. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's they put like a lot of it, money into it because it's such a popular series, though. Too. I mean, I get that. I, mean, they put a lot I watched of it on my on my tele. Mom, I didn't watch it on the computer. I watched it on my television, but. It yeah. looked almost like movie quality to me, really high, yeah. like really expensive to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, It'll that's... sell them a lot of video games. So yeah, anyway, yeah, sure. sorry, to, sorry to take up time with that now. No, 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 I want to talk about it. But um, And my interview with the, the star of it's up, the one that plays Master Chief, um, Pablo uh, Shriver, but um, I have some more going up yet, too. That's interesting because after the first episode, I wouldn't call him the star. I'd call the young woman who plays Quan. Like yeah, in the first episode, the first two, but he's the the main character you play in the game. Like he's I am. The, I know. He's he like you are him in the game, right? Yeah. 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 He's just not a real person in the first episode because he's like well, this mysterious. He's mysterious in the first that, episode. Yes, and part of that is because. Because if you read the interviews and stuff, there's kind of been this big thing where a lot of people got upset, which is dumb. But a lot of people got upset because in the game, he never takes his helmet off. You never see his face. And it's kind of like this thing. But you can't do a TV show like that. I mean, you can't. You wouldn't connect with the character. So I I think that's why they kind of take longer and make sort of a big deal about him taking the helmet off and why you don't see him at the beginning. At least that's my opinion. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, he becomes more of a character. I'll just say that. Yeah, and you right. kind of find out about why and things like that. But anyway, okay. Right. Well, let's move on then to um, all right, Snowpiercer. To snow and let's should we throw it to AJ since he hasn't been able to talk? Sure, sure. What an episode! Holy crap! <laughs> um, it was. I tell you, I, I went through a lot of emotions during this episode, <laughs> um, and and some of them actually came back, you know, to not be what I thought. Um, uh, I said fuck Zara at least twice in the episode, but then it turned out she was actually part of the plan. Um, you know, ultimately, I like where it went. Um, 
I like the fact that Melanie, yeah. you know, once Melanie and, and Leighton established the, you know, like when they were talking, once they realized, you know what, here we're in another win-win situation for, uh, for Wilford, you know, and they found a compromise that worked for everybody. And I got to say, I thought about, I figured out what they were going to do maybe five seconds before they announced it to the train. And I was a little mad at myself that I hadn't thought of that before. That was a brilliant idea that they had to split the trains up like that. Um, I don't know why <laughs> nobody thought of that sooner. <laughs> Probably because everybody's like, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. You know, everybody's uh-huh. too busy arguing to actually think. So once they sat down and thought, it made a lot of sense. Um, I don't understand why they put Wilford on that contraption. Um, lock up, like, like actually lock him up. You have a, a jail cell. Lock him in I think it. it was just a way to get rid of him without killing him, <laughs> sort of. That was you know damn well why don't they gonna... put him in the drawers? Put him in the I don't drawers. Know, I do the drawers still ex- yeah, but... because the drawers still exist. Well, they have enough. They I think beat they... him. They filled up his little train car. They put him in. They gave him the yeah. way to go to sleep. But I I thought at one point they agreed never to use drawers. They never they 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 dismantled the drawers. They might have still had the stuff, but I think the drawers, the system itself, I think they shut down. Right. But I was going to say too. The other thing is, is them doing this to him. It's sort of voluntarily because they're saying, you know, you want to live. You can. Well, I guess that's still not voluntary. You want to live. Roche just got out. Roche like just got out of the drawers. Oh yeah. Just out of the drawers. That's right. That's that's right. I totally wow. I totally forgot that. All right, never mind. Take back what I said. Um, you know, I wish Layton that speech that he gives to the tail section. I wish he had said given that speech when he first got back on the train to the whole train, because that would have been Mm -hmm. so much better than the lie. I'm glad he finally figured out how to talk. To people and give them an actual choice as opposed to lying to them. That worked out nice. Yeah. Um, um, hey, I, I was um, Bosky is the new uh, new cold boy. They got I, quit. We I talked about that last. I told you he was in the preview. I was I right know, I know. Him. And I'm like, damn it, why oh. do they keep doing that? But I keep watching him. Yeah. <laughs> well, before I knew that he was in the preview, I, I had we, when we had discussed it last week about possibilities, I had come up with him. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, look. <laughs> That's one thing I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of, one th- I another to, thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to finish what you are saying first. Um, another thing I appreciated, uh, I don't remember. Jamie, did you see the movie? No. Okay. Um, so then Karen, I don't know if you caught it, but I really got a, a, a movie vibe. You know, it was kind of, I, I thought it was kind of like an homage when the tails first came, you know, when they first took over everything and they had that, like, you know, the barricade with the shields and everything that was very reminiscent of the movie. Yeah, After it they was. Broke out yeah. and, and, storm, and stormed up front. I, so I appreciated that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then, so I was kind of surprised three of the four couples survived. Um, Till and Audrey ended up staying together. Uh, Leighton and Josie decided they're going to give it a shot. And Ben and Melanie. Um, not so much for uh, LJ and Oz. Mm-hmm. I was I was a little you know I the split up was coming, but to see <laughs> I love the I love irony, but I was a little sad to see LJ go. I mean, really, I was like, damn, was finally. 
that was it was kind of, yeah, but you know what? I mean, not for nothing. As much of a thorn, a pain in the ass as she is, it's kind of a lame way for her to go out, choking yeah. on her father's eyeball. I mean, I just, I felt like it was kind of anticlimactic for her, you know? Yeah, um, I'll give you that. Yeah, the, the one well, thing, though, that, that kept pissing me off, the one thing that, the only one thing that kept pissing me off, like, even though Melanie and Leighton came to a compromise, I can't understand why Melanie is arguing the science that she started. That that kind of drove me nuts, but it ended up working well, out in the I don't end. Think However, it's, so much, it's not so much that she was saying the science wasn't right; it's that she wasn't a. It's that the science wasn't a hundred percent. She didn't think it was worth the risk. It's not that she wasn't. But was that's saying not it was really. That, she didn't articulate it mm. as well last week as she no. did this week, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. She did do it a little better this week, but it still doesn't excuse the way she handled it. So my problem no, now no. is I, 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 I really like the fact that they split the trains up, especially considering Big Alice is already there and there's a lake or a pond at the very least, um, which is going to I, I oh, God. I'm so glad. Listen, I'm very glad half the people are still on a train because if I have to watch an entire season of them setting up camp, I might hang myself. Um, and I, I, and now I felt like my, my personal, at I, think first, they will, felt like a, I think they will live on the train. They will still have to live on the train. It's not that warm out. For the time, well, for the time being, yeah, but it's still not the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, but they can't, yes. I mean, you now, can't stay in whatever five degree weather, like all the time. Well, no, but the water, my assumption the is not frozen. So it's over freezing, right. but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so why did they My assumption is she said minus five. She said it was rate rising though. Yeah. Rising, yeah. My assumption is that that was a, I was like, you know, how are they gonna communicate? And then I saw you see the flare at the end, but it was that was kinda of weird. That was like was that a, a flare, was that a firework? I think it was, I think it was a miss yeah. that flare was Wilfred or Leighton. At least that was my guess. Yeah, was that was kinda that was that was kind of me and Artie. We were both kind of like, wait, it first looked like a flare, and then the way they focused on it and the music got mm-hmm. ominous, and then you yeah, see the canister. It was not yeah. a flare. It was a missile. It was like, oh, I, same I thing I felt like, like, and Jamie, uh, you know, we'll throw it to you and me to give some impressions, but I thought that it was a flare at first, and then I thought, those are multiple smoke. That's not the, uh, the kind of a yeah. that's not a flare. And then it got closer, and I was like, "Is that a bomb?" And then they seemed to show the warhead. I thought at the last minute, it's some kind yeah, you of see a, a canister missile or something. It's not a flare. I thought at first no. it was also like a flare, like, and I was like, "Oh, is is Wilfred sending a flare to help me? Is Leighton sending a flare to help me?" Like, but, we don't know where they are. It's three months later. Uh, right. It could be anywhere on the planet, right? Because because they're not in the horn because because um, Melanie wanted later. to go back on the regular track for ten or twenty more years on the track, right? Yeah, she wasn't coming back to the horn. But that's what I kind of wondered. Like, I almost think like, well, why didn't they just agree if they didn't want to go to like get them on a loop around a couple like a year from now or something? Give them a chance to figure things out. They didn't even. She don't even seem to want to do that. I mean, she told Ben they would eventually, but I don't think that's really her plan right now. Yeah. Well, um, 
they can't because the track is unstable, as we saw at the second half of the episode, right? The track was really unstable. They almost crashed. Like, Javi never told them there was a really precarious trestle bridge to cross because they might get nervous. And it was a hard, they almost crashed. And then it, to me at the end, it looked like the train might be derailed. Um, yeah. And not that. be able to ever move again. I'm not sure. It looked like that, right? Um, and maybe the train yeah. cannot, or maybe also the train, I think you guys like, okay, so from watching the movie and also from the show, the train is sort of like a perpetual motion machine, right? And, and mm-hmm. I don't know if when it stops, can they restart it and what kind of energy is required to restart it? I don't know if they can ever I start again. No. And I also question, are they going to like not have electricity and stuff if the train isn't running? Like, a lot of that, I would think the cars in that would shut down if it's not moving, wouldn't they? Because that's what keeps well, that yeah. going, is that perpetual exactly. motion, so I question. But they might, now, find, for all we maybe they'll find a civilization or something, we don't know. Uh, I still yeah. laugh with the fact that I had said it's whatever it was, first season, when I'm like, that looks like snow instead of ice, and I didn't, and I said that, and I'm like, it should be snow, and it was actually was snow, because it was melting. Um but anyway, yeah. I, I don't know. I at the beginning of the episode, I was really irritated because I'm I'm sick of Wilford, and I just wanted him gone, and I didn't want to go through a whole crap load of of him taking over and stuff again. So I like that they resolved it. I agree with you, AJ. I really do like that they let them each make their own decision how they did it and how they split it. I also thought it was interesting which people chose to go on which side. Like the fact that that um, doctor that was on um, Wilford's side, Edward. the the yeah, she stayed, or, or not stayed, she went um, with uh, Leighton. I thought that was interesting. Yes. But, um, well, so, she yeah. went with Leighton because that's where her lab is. Her lab's on Big Alice. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that might be why. But I don't know. I just thought that that was also, interesting. And, like, also, Melanie, on the other Melanie said she was, like when Melanie cut her deal with Wilford, she said there will be no more experimentation on this train, right? Um, and so, like, not that Headwood could do any experimentation, but if you've got Josie and Boki, like, maybe, like, maybe you want to go with Josie and Boki, your two experiments. And also Zara, right? Three people she's experimented on are going on to Alice also. Yeah. Yeah. I do like how they did the fake out and Zara pretended that she was going on his yeah. side. I, cause I, I was actually... That was one of my like, fuck Zara moments. That coming, and I didn't. Because, um, yeah, I was yelling at her, too, and then I'm like, oh, wait, wow. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of cool. I'm not sure why they let him live and let him go on that thing other than so he can cause problems later on in the show. Um, yeah, that's the reason. It was, at least he's out of the way for now, and he's gone. Um, but, but yeah, you know he's going to come back around. interesting how they split up. Yeah, I know. But it'll be interesting how they split the season between the two groups. Next season. Um, something something about Wilford real quick. I actually thought there was a moment when he tells when he was telling Audrey to play the piano and she was like, "No." I actually said to, I I looked at uh, <laughs> I, I looked at Artie and I said I, I said I think Sean Bean's time has come up. I thought Audrey was going to kill him. I really mm-hmm. did. I was a little disappointed yeah. she didn't. Yep. I am. I mean, so some of my thoughts on this were I was really disappointed in the three of us that we didn't predict last week that they'd split the two trains because we should have seen yeah. that coming, three of us, right? I know. I think 
I think they did a good job of lulling us into forgetting that it's two trains. Like at the beginning of yeah. every show, they say on Snowpiercer, a thousand and twenty-nine cars long, and I well, keep forgetting the it season was a thousand started cars with long. Two trains. Season one, right? Well, I know, but season one, it was always Snowpiercer, a thousand cars long, right? Like right. we, the season started that I way, but quite, but they lulled question, us. Though, why did they? They cut it off at the the aquarium or whatever it is. When they've had to Access. cut it off with the other with the other engine was, or is it just the way they set it? No, the two engines are at opposite ends of the train, right? Yeah. So oh, well, like they're end to end. They're like they're like caboose to caboose. They cut it okay. off at Access yeah. so that each I think so that each yeah. train could have a greenhouse, right? Yeah. So each train can have yeah. can have some agriculture. Because um, yeah, there's no more animals alive, right? What, they lost the they lost the cattle, they lost the aquarium. I think there's no more animal products to eat on that train. Yeah, they didn't have plants. Um, um, so they they broke an ag sack so everybody could have some ag. Um, so yeah, I I was a little disappointed in us that we didn't predict that. It is a great solution. I was too. It is annoying that they that they didn't see it sooner. Like, because I was thinking the whole first half, I'm like, just stop and let them off. Like, Jamie, I hadn't considered that the track was unstable. Well, I hadn't considered it because we didn't know about it. We didn't know the track was unstable. Um, but, well, like, just stop and it. let them off and then keep going. Like, if people want to get off, let them off. And if they die, Melanie, that's their choice. Like, stop being Melanie. Like, Melanie was very Wilford-like in these last couple episodes. Oh, yeah. Where she was like, I'm the boss of the train, and I decide, and you don't get to go. And they're like, just let us off. And she's like, no, you can't get off. You might die. Like, just let them off, right? Yeah, um, well, she's well, trying to protect them. But, yeah, yeah, it gets to a point where it's not No, but she's not their mommy. They're grown adults. But you know what, Karen? Um, to, to that point, Wilford, Layton, and Melanie have all said that same exact thing at one point or another since the show's been on. They yes. all feel, I'm doing, it, I'm doing it for the good of the people. I mean, granted, we know Wilford's doing it because he wants to be king of the world. But Melanie and Layton... I'm doing it for the good of the people. I'm doing it for the good of the people. You're not giving the people a choice. Yeah. You're not doing it for anybody but your own ego. Uh, okay, but Leighton did introduce more democracy than Melanie had ever allowed yeah. or Wilford he, he in the was, past. He was, he was a little, yes, he, he was a little he better. He abolished the classes. He abolished the classes, and he was better. But anyway, um, the solution to just let them go their separate ways was – and also, like – Part of the the thing of this show has been two years of people fighting and dying, and like there's only three thousand people left on the whole planet that you know of. So the idea that you would keep fighting for the train, like yeah. Layton was right to I like, you got to give it up. I like that Ruth abandoned her at a certain point, and she's like, "No, I'm not fighting this again." I did. Well, there's no way because I think that yes. helped her maybe see that she was needed to find another solution because she was losing people. Well, oh, Ruth. Ruth was in the perfect position. She was the smartest person in that whole thing. Mm-hmm. She was able to play yeah. both sides to, to get them to come together. Mm-hmm. Ruth, Ruth, I mean, she's like the greatest character. Ruth has had the greatest character development on the whole show, right? Like her character, mm-hmm. we've seen so much from her, so much change, so much growth. And you're right, she's so well positioned. She's the best developed character on the whole thing. Um, and that was really great to see her and to see her use her, her experience when she was in hiding on big Alice for all those months. And she's a great leader. She really like Pike was not wrong when he said that Ruth would be a great leader. She said, Ruth doesn't want to be the leader. Um, 
So, so I, I, didn't, I honestly. So, I, so yeah. real, real quick, Karen. Um, sometimes I think I think Ruth is, is, is never should have been the leader. I mean, would she be a good leader? Yes, but I think Ruth in the advisor role is much better because a lot of times the quote unquote leader or figurehead isn't really leading anything if they're listening to their advisor. You know, people look to Leighton, they look to Emily, they look to Wilford. A lot of uh, a lot of Melanie and Lang Lang can't talk. <laughs> a lot of Melanie and Andres, a lot of Melanie and Andres, their best stuff came from Ruth, you know, and no, and then yeah. nobody's ever looking at Ruth, you know, Ruth yeah. really, she, she, she was the leader to a degree. She just wasn't acknowledged for it. Right. She's like the person behind the curtain. She's like the, yeah. She's exactly. fantastic. Um, I um I, I was gonna say oh so I mean I agree with both of you and Jamie kind of articulated it more that why are they letting Wilford live like I can kind of see why they let Wilford live up until now because Wilford had a lot of support on the train and if you kill him do you risk some kind of uprising I felt like they didn't articulate it but that's the thing I felt about him but in this episode like to finally get rid of him fantastic and if you're gonna like, like, why are you even letting him pop? Like, you're putting him out. Like, you're putting him out there. The chances of death are probably ninety percent, or maybe less. Like, I think Wilford is as smart as Melanie, and Wilford knows the trains and the tracks and the systems as well as Melanie. So you're putting him out there, and if Melanie lived, you're like, well, Melanie lived. Maybe I gotta consider that Wilford is probably gonna live, right? Like, why are they exile? Like, why not? You're like, oh, he'll probably die. And when he leaves the treaty, he says, oh, Leighton, you're too much of a coward to kill me. I don't know that I really think that Leighton is a coward. I mean, maybe he wasn't a coward. He's not gonna kill somebody in cold blood. He's just not a killer, right? So. They're like, oh, you're exiled. You're, this is like exiling a person or banishing them or being like, you got to go, can't be a part of our town anymore. But so it's probably die, but not really die. But the fact that, like, yeah. he could do damage. At, he knows how to sabotage the trains, the this, the that. Like, he, he he's, if he can live, he's very dangerous out there, right? It just seems like a bad idea. Like, they need to just kill him, right? They need to, well, they need to, or, or as Jamie said, or one of you guys said, you have a cell, or put him in the drawers, or put yeah, him, like, there are ways yeah. to take him out. I guess I guess AJ said, yeah, they have a cell. Like, why were they even keeping him in the lap of luxury in the library? Like, what is it about? It's kind of annoying. Yeah, no, you hated that. Like, well, like, it's, why should an upper-class criminal get an upper-class jail while other people, well, he's, like, when Because nah, he's, he's, he's a white-collar. He's a white-collar criminal. He, he gets He's to sit in the library, and when Roche tries to kill him, Roche gets this crappy ass little tiny cell, right? Like, yeah. Like, and Roche is far yeah. less dangerous than than, and it would hurt Wilford a lot more. Like, it just it, well. Yeah. So obviously, as I feel said, like, oh, the, the reason is because they need him to be a villain next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's... Yeah, I agree, um, and that's that's and that's kind of the problem. Like, not for nothing. Um, this could have been an ending. You don't need season four could, because yep. what else? No, what else is there to do? What else is there? 
especially now that they've reached the horn. I didn't honestly, I didn't think they were going to reach the horn. I honestly, I felt like the end of the episode should have been when the train split and the episode ends. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like they were going to reach the horn this season, simply because what do you do now? What do you do for ten episodes next season? Ten, you know, I uh, do the math. Let's see. You know, what do you do for about eight, what, eight and a half hours next year? Well, I got a couple ideas about that, but I want to ask you guys a couple questions first about how the whole thing ended. I want to ask you about Audrey and Till. So, first of all, did you guys ever believe that Audrey would be back on Wilford's side? Like, I felt like there was a moment no. where they tried to make you think that. I didn't think it. I did, did you ever believe no, yeah, I, I didn't think, think it at all. No, but I saw that moment where I think they wanted us to believe that Audrey maybe was on Wilford's side. Um, I I have a hard time believing that Audrey and Till are that in love. I guess I could believe that Audrey and Till have an attraction and, and, and something that is new. It's a new relationship and whatever, but I felt like by the end of it, they wanted me to believe that Till was like, I love her too much. I can't ever, I got to, you know, I mean, Till made a huge choice at the end, right? To not go to New Eden and to stay with Audrey and basically stay on the train with, like, I'm going to date you for the next 10 years is basically what she decided, right? And I felt like Uh Audrey hasn't earned that. I think Audrey hasn't earned that. I don't know. Do you guys see it on the screen more than I do? Um. I, I do yeah, I kind I of see it, but you know what? I feel I feel like it's it, it's I, I I can't think of the right term um, that I'm looking for, but it's like they've been through so much turmoil. I, I feel like I kind of feel like uh, it's not quite a codependent relationship, but in a way, it kind of is. Like, I feel like they kind of attached to each other. In, like, I mean, not for nothing. I mean, they're technically both, they're each other's rebound relationship, you know? This yeah. is the first person yeah. Till's been with since, since her, her crazy doctor wife died. This is the first relationship, Audrey, since Wilford, you know? So I just, I feel like, you know how, like, in high-pressure situations, you know, you see it in movies all the time where the couple gets together because of the high-pressure situation and everything. And that's what I feel like this is, you know. It's been go, 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 go. And I feel like it was just, you know, there's an attraction and there's just so much intensity going on around them and everything, you know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, next season, you know, if there's more, how much, you know, because it's already been three months later at the end of the episode. I don't know if they're going to pick up from the end of the episode or if there's going to be a, a, a more of a time jump. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe, I don't know if they're going to go this direction or not, but I could see Till and um, Audrey in a less dramatic situation around them if they kind of, as they come back down to earth and just, you know, have time to chill and be happy and everything, if maybe they're like, you know, I, I like you, but it's just not the same anymore without all the craziness around I, <laughs> I buy that they like each other. I don't buy that they had time to fall in love with each other. That's well, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. 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 
I think it's, I think it's the high-pressure situation. you don't know if the love will survive. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, people who go through intense situations together have that on TV, right? So I get that. Yeah, I felt that. I And for, I mean, I do think, I do see Till's intense friendship and loyalty to Leighton, right? And to the tail yes, and to all those people. Yeah. And so for her to, like, forego that for, I mean, I, I did kind of get at the end when, when Leighton says, go get your girl, I felt like Leighton was kind of saying, uh, you know what he reminded me of? Do you guys ever see um, uh, Coming to America when that lady in the subway says, Take a chance, honey. Felt like yeah. I felt like Leighton was saying. Right? I yeah. felt like Leighton was saying, "Take a chance, honey. Like, go for it. Go." Yeah. And and granted, there's only three thousand people left on, on the whole the planet, maybe, right? Yeah, but yeah. there's no. It's not like go with them for a month. It's like right there you go. And there's not that many people left, so maybe you gotta take a chance when you can take it because you know whatever. But I all. I, as I said before, I don't feel like Audrey has earned Till's trust in that way. And I guess we're supposed to believe that, that Till feels it on a level that, that, you know, other people don't. I just felt like, I don't know, like Audrey's reformation came too quickly. Although we talked last week about Audrey's, Audrey being away from Wilfred's influence, but yeah, that kind of, I mean, so we also saw, we also, you know, we saw Josie and Leighton say goodbye to Miles, and I felt like that wasn't earned because we barely saw Miles for the last two seasons. I know. Um, and However, I felt like they only brought him back to explain needing an engineer. Yeah, yeah. you know, I actually, I, I kind of, I did like that scene. I was like, I was like, that's actually, I was like, that actually makes a lot of sense that he would want to stay with Melanie and Ben as opposed to Alex and Hobby. You definitely, you can, you know, you can go, you can go to community college or you can go to Harvard. <laughs> I'm going to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, although community college is going to end. The difference it makes. <laughs> go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I just question that it, it's kind of like if he does that, though, you're you're giving up ever getting off the train, though. Like, okay, I guess eventually he'll be an engineer if they stay on there forever, but that's kind of really sad, <laughs> you know? I was just thinking yeah, of it like, like that's like giving up almost, in my opinion, but... Yeah, like what Alex and Hobby chose was not having to be an engineer anymore. Right. Yeah, right? Being a flip. Yeah. Well, unless they were um, wrong and it wasn't melted, they had to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think about Alex choosing to leave Melanie? I mean, on, on the screen, it's obvious, I guess. Yeah. Well, but, but I mean, she wasn't exactly a mo- I mean, she wasn't a mother to her till very recently either. So well, I except for the that's whole what makes it harder. Okay, but yeah, except I, you no, guys, wait, Jamie, she didn't Jamie. Have her all her life. She had her for the first like seven years of her life, right? But right. she was like five years, seven years old. They've been on the train for like seven years, I think, right? So she's probably like seven or eight when they get on the train. Fourteen. Yeah. She's yeah, like she's fourteen now, right? I, I mean, all the actors are old. I think she's supposed to be. I think she was supposed to be fifteen in like the beginning. She's like sixteen or seventeen now, probably right. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, she's as tall as Melanie now. She is. I mean, Melanie did raise her her long enough that she remembered her, which which set the stage for their whole relationship. I mean, 
Right. I was interested in the part where Alex, uh, I don't want to try this out, but in this episode, Alex says to her, the young people want to get off the train. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was like, wow, that really hadn't been explored. Like, it was never really set up as a young versus old kind of thing, in my opinion. No, she just was insulting her more than anything. No, but oh. um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like in real life, I, I don't think she necessarily would have abandoned her mother. But, like, it's a TV show, and you know they're going to see each other again, so it's not, like, yeah. a hard decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's like Walking Dead. Yeah. You know what, though? Even though they're across the universe, they'll somehow find each other. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, Jamie. Just because um, she's at an age, I mean, she's a little younger, but and she, it's a little different because of the situation she's in. But even in real life, I mean, teenager leave, teenagers leave home all the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think part of it is her, her – but it's because she's asserting her dominance, too, because – she believe, she believes the science. She believes Melanie is right. wrong. No. So it's, I, I, you know, so I mean, that but, that plays I'm into it too. Is, but I guess what I'm saying is, leaving home as an adult, you it's not like you're leaving and you ne- you intend to never ever see that person again. Right. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean? Like in this instance, it's the end of the world. There's a damn good chance that they're never going to see each other again. I feel like if you cared about your family, you would find a way and you wouldn't leave. Well, that's my but, but, but I guess it depends on your family too. So. Well, yes, and here's the thing, like, you're both right, like, first of all, AJ, you're right that Alex believes she's right, and that Melanie's wrong, and you can never commit, if a teenager thinks they're right, you can never convince them to do anything else, Exactly. Right? <laughs> yes, and, and, Even if you know, and, <laughs> and Jamie, to your point, being an adult or not, I mean, you know, it, like, it's well documented that teenagers' brains cannot evaluate risk the way adults can. And and you can tell Alex all you want, you'll never see us again, but in her in, or you might die, but in in the Alex brain, which is only seventeen, eighteen years old, she cannot possibly like evaluate that risk the way Melanie can. And she can't possibly yeah. be like, Yeah, I'll never see you again. Like never doesn't mean anything to an eighteen year old, right? So I kinda mm-hmm. get that. I kinda get that. And I, I also really get like Alex is really pissed at the way Melanie just took over the train. Alex was so pissed this whole episode. She was really like angry at Melanie. And she um, had a right to be. And she had a right to be. And I could see her being like a te- like, is she, okay, she's not, but is there some small element of she's basically going to her room and slamming her door? She's like, I'm getting off this train. <laughs> I'm leaving. Slamming the door, right? Like yeah. there's uh-huh. that part of her that Melanie, like, overruled her on the science, and I can see her just being like, I'm out of here. Boom. Like, you got teenagers, AJ. How yeah. many doors been slammed in your house? <laughs> Not as many as you'd think. Um, <laughs> well, you want to get your point. You have a boy at home right now, yeah. So, you know, um, but I got to say, um, I, I one thing I appreciated about the whole Melanie and Alex dynamic throughout the entire episode was I – what they did a good job. I wasn't sure which way Alex was going to actually go at the end. When you know, at the end there, when Melanie is packing her stuff, and Alex comes in, and there was a part of me that felt like there was a chance where Alex was actually going to change her mind at the last second. Which I thought that I thought they did that that whole thing really well. I mean, obviously she was pissed at her mom and everything because the way she did it and everything. And then you know, in that last moment, I thought. I felt like there was a slight chance that she might be like, you know what, I'm staying. 
but I'm glad she didn't. I was very uh-huh. surprised when she even came into the Snowpiercer engine. Because remember, she was missing for a while. Nobody knew where she was off hiding and talking. Yeah. And then she comes in and she's like, all right, Mom, you've got your way. Here I am. Um, and, yeah, that was a moment when it seemed like maybe she would stay. I and actually, that when she her. did that, when she did that, I actually thought that that was a plan where, you know, as ah. everything worked out. But I, I actually felt like that she went there, so when the time came, she could, like, knock out Javi or something and take the train over and make the take turn. Take the train, yeah. But it yeah. worked out in a better yeah, way. Yeah, but it didn't work out that way, yeah. You know, not for nothing, so. splitting the train was, the, was a really great choice because, honestly – with what we saw, how tedious that, that bridge was, I don't think the entire 1,029 cars would have made it. I think they, I think half that train ends up uh, down the ravine if that whole train is there. Well, and that raises the question, like, could Snowpiercer ever meet them? Or is, is New Eden, like, close to well, them? Well, not for Big nothing. Alice, which I is mean, a smaller train. Well, maybe they can go around the Snowpiercer- other direction. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't understand why they had to go that way. Couldn't they go the other way? Because <laughs> there's another way to come around. I mean, the train, the track continues. Is there? So, is there? Well, yeah. They've never track gone past there, there before. It's it's, no, they have track, before. It? It's just, but it's not, but it's, but they could, you could see there's more track. So yeah. that can't be, it's not like the track stops there. You know what I mean? Like, just because just it's not the main track, they still have to connect. You know what I mean? There's the way they set it up. So there's got to be another way around it. It's a track they've never used before, right? Like they don't normally go there on their trip around the world. Right. I mean, I, I mean that. so that extended track then is a way for Wilford to get there maybe also, right? Yeah, we don't know, exactly. I mean, they they let Wilford off. very. They, they were like within 24 hours of hitting the turnoff to the Horn of Africa when they let Wilford go. Like, that's the other thing. Why would you let Wilford go so close to where we're going to have our settlement, right? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, should you know they have been gonna, like, you know can you please drop him off in Europe, right? You know, you know what's going to happen? When we come back, so Wilford's going to have an army. Wilford's going to have, like, found people that have survived, you know, near the horn where, the, you know, the hot spot. And he's going to have found other people. And that, what that missile was was his army that he found. <laughs> You watch. <laughs> I, I, I want to be right. It's not impossible, you watch. right? Like, I hadn't thought of it. They really should have not Wilford get dropped off, like, where they are. Yeah, no, the whole – I don't like the fact that they let Wilford live to have – I mean, and, you know, we, we've all said the same thing. I just really don't like the fact that they let Wilford live so that we have a villain for next season. If they were going to get rid of him, they would have just killed him. I mean, it's obvious he's coming. Yeah. I mean, and that would have been, and, and Audrey killing him would have been the perfect moment because Audrey's the only person that could get away with killing him in cold blood, and not, and that one person on that train is going to be like, oh, you should pay the consequences, you know? Yeah. Not that one person just... would fault fall Audrey. Well, they let Roche off the hook. They'll certainly let her off the hook. So let me. So yeah. among the three of us, if any two of us are late in Audrey, we'd kill him, right? I'd kill Wilford. He needs to be killed. I agree, but you you can't. I, I I don't see you can't kill him in cold blood. That makes you know better. Okay, Leighton. Okay, Andre. I hear you. 
I, I, but no, I'm not Andre because I put his ass in a, a four by four cell. And I, hell, I even handcuffed him to the cell door because I don't trust him because he's so damn sneaky. All right. I don't trust. I'll I don't, I don't handcuff him to the door, but I or put him in the drawer. Yeah. But even that, so I mean, either you know what, he still has followers, so he can get out of either one. But I at least attempt to lock him up first. I I can't kill him in cold blood because that that just makes you know better. Even the people that are on your side go, dude, you just executed the guy, <laughs> you know. Jamie, do you let him live? Do you keep him in the library where he can have cigars and dinner and scotch and maps and all that shit? Like, what the what what is wrong with this people on this show? Would you yeah, kill him? I definitely I don't think I, wait he did. But I think he's got to be killed. I should killed. I'm kind of leaning towards you, yeah. You guys are vile. Remind me not to get in an argument with you two. He's so dangerous. He's been doing genetic experimentation on people. He's been creating cold people. He's been like, I mean, he ran a very, he's committed crimes against the remainder of humanity. Yes, I don't agree. I don't disagree with any of that. But, and granted, the society is not the same. But there's a different, when you kill somebody in cold blood like that, it changes everybody's outlook on you. It's not about him. It's about Have, like, the person who makes your decision. All right. All right. But we've seen it be possible that a person like Ruth, who took so many arms, who now is redeemed and kind of loved by the train, right? Like. But she never killed anybody in cold blood. She took, her, took their arm. Just because they didn't survive wasn't her fault. All right, and Melanie, saying, I mean, and Melanie tried perspective. to... Perspective. Yeah. That's all I'm saying is perspective. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not saying that's actually yeah. my thought. I'm just saying that's, that's the perspective of the general public. Now, Jamie, just throw the point. Enough, right. You could. You could. You can have a trial and, 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 and not have, you know, the, uh, you know, have a judge who makes sure that everything, you know, to keep people in line, but the people, I mean, you could have had a vote on the whole train. What are we doing with Wilford? Should we lock him up or kill him? And you vote, just like they did whether or not they were going to Eden. Then you can kill him. Then you I can kill him. At the very least, and... they should have put him in the drawers, if nothing else. The drawers. That's yeah. what the drawers were for, right? The drawers were their form yeah. of justice. The drawers were like, yes. we're not going to kill people. We're going to put them in the drawers. Yeah. Yeah. The drawers are still there, yeah. All right, well, we'll see. So my prediction for next year so, AJ, one pr- possible prediction is that Wilford has an army and he's shot a missile. Um, uh, one possible prediction is that somehow Leighton and his crew are sending that missile as a call for help. Like, the only way to get Melanie's attention is to shoot this missile, so she'll come here and help us. Maybe there's some. Mm-hmm. Like, I would – so, AJ has said that you don't want to see – Possible Jamie also. That would be crazy in the third season, and we'd – be mad, but it maybe it could work, right? Um, but AJ, to your point, to AJ's point that he doesn't want to see a whole season of people setting up camp, um, maybe we see a thing where, like, Leighton has found a group of survivors, and they're in trouble, and they need help, or maybe it's getting cold again, and they need to get back on the train. Like, maybe, I don't know. So those are three possibilities. Well, those are the only or maybe there's It's either... Or, or maybe there's, could have shot or maybe there's survivors... Yeah, or maybe the survivors and Leighton and his people are now being held captive. <laughs> right. 
So we've made the obvious. It's either it's it's either Wilford or Leighton or somebody else. <laughs> Very insightful, but yeah, a possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, overall yeah. though, good good episode, good season. I just I I'm fearful for season four. I have talked to numerous friends of mine that I've said like, oh, I'm watching Snowpiercer, and they're like, oh, I watched the first two episodes, I couldn't get into it, and I'm like, you guys, you've got to get into it, you got to go back and watch it. Which is the same conversation we all had about um about uh oh, come on a lot the, of things the books you're reading the books you're reading AJ um oh the expanse um the, the expanse. expanse we talked like I didn't even like the expanse in the beginning um and when people say to me Snowpiercer I tried I'm like no go back and try again because mm-hmm. this has been a really good season I think I enjoyed it a yeah, lot definitely we all did I think right. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All right. We got one more show to talk about, and Jamie's got to take a nap. Yep. I got screeners to watch and sleep to get. <laughs> so, yep. All right, Jamie. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Um, if anybody has any questions for Paula, please uh, send them my way on Twitter, and I will talk to you guys next three week. Yep. Uh, well, Karen, I'll probably talk to you before then, but. Um, you talk to me, but we got another small, even smaller show. All right. Yep. Uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Have a good week. All right. All right. Good bye, night. Jamie. Bye, bye. Good night. <laughs> Whoops. All right. I dropped now phone. we got Picard. <laughs> yes, we have Picard. Um, what do you think? Another fun episode. I like nothing's it really also. happened yet. Yeah, nothing's really happening, you know? but it's enjoyable. Um, I liked uh, three. Did you see episode three or mm-hmm. four? Three, right? Three, I think. Three. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was great. Like when, um, you know, when Picard uh, landed on uh, Front Street, or or the. Front Street, Forward Street. Uh, I was like, oh my God, head forward. I was like, that is so cool. I was like, I was like, where's Guinan? Where's Guinan? I was like, that was awesome. That That was was really cool. Fantastic. It was great. And I love their young Guinan. I love the way they, you know, I think that actress is great. They gave her Guinan's hair. um, And they didn't, I like that they didn't try to make Whoopi Goldberg look young. Um, no offense to Whoopi yep. Goldberg, but she really can't look 30 anymore. But And I think yeah. the kind of actress who, who has a, enough resemblance, and and I think that actress has got enough of Guinan's kind of way of speaking, and, like, like I believed her as Guinan almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I feel, I feel like she definitely, um, whether or not she took to Whoopi Goldberg first, I don't know, but she definitely went by, back and watched – video of when Guinan first appears in uh, TNG. So um, mm-hmm. that was definitely uh, definitely she, well done. She's so, that was yeah, really good. So believable. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you know, I also, I really kind of like, I mean, you know, I kind of like the way Seven and Rafi are becoming sort of a 2024 comedy show. Um, as the way they try to navigate. They're a little too familiar with, like, I feel like they're just a little too comfortable in 2024. Like, they, you know, they're very 
they get on the bus, they get on a, they drive a car, they, but there's enough, there's enough fish out of water comedy going on there that I do like them. They're, they're having like a buddy comedy through 2024, right? Yeah. Which I kind of enjoy. And I also kind go ahead. No, no, I was just saying the only thing about, the only thing about um, Seven is it's weird seeing Seven be the voice of reason, telling to, telling Rafi to calm down. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah, it's so seven, out of it's so unusual. When when seven of nine is the voice of reason, you're in trouble. <laughs> I know because she so first all of last season she was a very passionate about her mission, right? She was a really passionate person. But even when she was on Voyager and was like a former Borg and supposed to be like learning how to deal with her feelings and emotions, she was always a passionate person even then, right? Yeah, that's her thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she's like Rafi. But, of course, Rafi, when we met Rafi last year, she was also like a kind of a drunk or a drug addict and a very, like, emotionally unstable kind of person, right? Yeah. Um, I even am, am liking the whole Chris Rios trapped in the, in the ice system. Um, yeah. I, you know, we talked about this, that uh, that we were in some ways nervous about the level of social commentary we were going to get. Kind of really liked the way, you know, they're showing, look, it's part of Star Trek canon that that our planet society was collapsing at the time of first contact. Actually, it was post-war with first contact, right? But I like the way they're showing some of the real some of the worst parts of what's going on, and yet they're not really dwelling on it. it this is not like a 4,400 situation, right? Like they're using it as a way to show Chris in custody and our friends have to bust him out. I, I think it's a good balance. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I like it. And I really appreciate it what Chris told, you know, I, I, I lived by this mantra pretty much my entire life, which is always tell the truth because nobody believes it anyway. And that's exactly what Chris did. He told them the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and that guy, I mean, I, I mean, and I think they might be, you know, obviously if television, they're going to be a little over the top. There's always all these shows. You always have that one jerk who's just so over the top and so disrespectful and, you know, and a complete asshole and you can't wait till he gets his, um, you know, but uh, yeah. yeah, the stuff with Chris was pretty funny. I kind of wondered for a moment if they would divert him to a psychiatric facility. Like when he started talking, like all this crazy talk about being from the future, I was like, oh, is he going to get sent somewhere? But no, because a part of this show is that our immigration and custom, whatever I stand for, immigration and customs enforcement, has become so um, terrible that they don't even care, right? They're just... But for a second, I was like, oh, is he going to go to a different kind of a place and get diverted? Um, I'm now, glad I was wrong about that. Speaking of Chris, do you feel like they're um, creating, like, you know, a, a short, a little romance between him and the doctor? Because if they are, I'm confused. I thought that him Didn't and, they? Yeah, but I thought him and Agnes were trying to – yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean the new doctor. Yes, you mean the Earth doctor. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yeah, the Earth doctor. Yes, I have felt that Which also. Is I felt me. it from the first 
I thought the first time they met that they were trying to show sparks between them and that she yeah. was, they were flirt. She was flirt. Like I could see Chris is a very kind of flirty person always, and me, but she's well, flirting with him. I, yes, but I thought that the new Earth Doctor was yeah, and he and Doctor Gerardi. It's he and Doctor Gerardi are the are the people that right. He and Gerardi were yeah. actually slept together. I, yeah, I don't love that because I I I don't know. Now I'm confused. There's too many. He's got too many yeah. sorts. Maybe he's an inveterate flirt and you can't help it, but don't be leaving her <laughs> on because you're sleeping with Gerardi. Yeah. Bring That's us to Gerardi. What do you think about that whole board queen business? Gerardi and the board queen. Um, I think that's going to be very interesting. It's not going to end well, but I really, <laughs> I kind yeah. of enjoy the, I kind of enjoy the dynamic between the two of them. Um, you know, I, I love what Girardi, she, like, convinces the board queen to help, and then the board queen's like, okay, my turn, and Girardi's like, good night, and she walks away. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the, queen's, the queen's like, get back here, where are you going? You know, like, um, I think it's going to, you know, I th- I, it's, it's an, a very interesting dynamic, you know, given, you know, the, bo- you know, it's, a, it's the board queen, you know, Um so I think yeah, it's going to be that kind of reminded very me, like, when, interesting and insightful. When, when Gerardi does not honor her deal with the board queen, which did she ever really make a deal? Like, I should watch it again, but I'm not sure Gerardi ever said, deal, board queen, I make a deal with you. I think she kind of led it to believe. But when, when Gerardi is like, whatever, good night, walks away, it kind of reminded me, like, Gerardi is a, can be cold. Remember yeah. in last season when she when – she, she, when section 33 right whoever she like made a deal with section 33 section 30 33 and she 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 took she ate the uh she swallowed a tracker and she 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 helped to kill her lover right she killed the guy that she was yeah. in love with because she believed that he was wrong like like agnes is hardcore when she needs to be and that might be where the board queen misunderestimates her. The board queen thinks she's this, I mean, because it's true. She also is this very nervous, insecure, neurotic person. Yeah. Although having been in her brain, I guess it, maybe maybe the board queen should should know that. I don't know. Maybe Gerardi's got some weird ability to, to block out the board queen. Like she definitely, Gerardi definitely is mentally and intellectually way above anybody else, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So that was kind of great. I think I kind of agree with you. I think that's really interesting. Won't end well, but will be a really fun ride getting there. Um. See what happens with her. It, it, it is clearly more and more clear that it's a bad idea for Picard to leave her alone on the ship with the Borg Queen. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Not going anyplace good yet. You know, because and honestly, even though even though she kind of has the upper hand right now, um, I think the more time she spends alone, the worse it's going to make it because she does. You know, she does have a problem with being alone, and I think that's gonna 
work in the Borg Queen's favor, ultimately. And plus, we know that once you have been in the collective, like, it draws you in. Like, like something about being yeah. in, the, in the Borg Collective is also very, like, they love it. It's very, it's like a drug, right? It's very reassuring. It's very wonderful. Uh, you're part of something, and they all want to be part of it. And and Gerardi seems to be drawn to it, just as Locutus slash Picard. Um, yeah. And maybe she'll continue to be drawn, or maybe she's faking it. I mean, maybe she's got a giant fake out going on. I don't know. Mm. Um, it's possible. It's yeah. funny that we have not really talked about Picard at all. We talk about the, you know, the show is called Picard. We said nothing about him because he didn't really do anything this week. Yeah, he just talked to you know he just talked to Guinan who kept saying I'm out of here, screw you, I ain't yeah. helping, yeah. go away. And then he's like, my name is Jean Luc Picard, and she's like, God damn it. She's like, get in. Like, I gotta puke. <laughs> I gotta puke now. Get in the car, yeah. Um, and then we had that last second, the last moment where we see Q, which was a very confusing scene at the end, right? Like we see Q, we see that girl reading and laughing, and then we see Q, and the whole thing. Did any of that make any sense to you? Um, like what that yeah, was about? It's just, I mean, it was. Do you recognize her? Do you recognize was, that location? No, no. It was kind of, it was kind of, you know, long and drawn out. The scene I felt. The whole point was that last two seconds when he snaps his finger. Everything he was he can't saying snap. before that, he was, he was going to make her feel that way, you know, for his own enjoyment, and he snaps, and nothing happened. Which we've already speculated that his powers are on the fritz. Right. And he might not be me- mentally stable. Right, which is why he caused this, and then he's unable to undo it. Probably, yeah. right? Which, which well, we'll maybe see. will put him, maybe will put him working with Picard, right? I mean, that would be. I mean, we speculated about that also. Like, would it will Picard and Q be working together before this is over? Which would be mm, the first time, not the first time, but unusual. Um. Or he's just got to go. No. Pretty good. I liked last season. I can't say. Am I liking the season better? I might be. Um, and I I was worried that the season might, you know, last season was so Borg heavy, right? Last season was very much about the Borg cube. And then we got a Borg queen this year. And I was like, oh, is it going to be so Borgy? Why is this show so Borgy? But the Borg queen <laughs> so far... The Borg Queen so far has been mostly the means to get them to travel in time, and then this kind of side thing that's kind of interesting. But it looks like maybe not a total Borgy season, which I like. Because we had one. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll uh, we'll find the hope. I, I mean, I, like I said, as, long as, as much as I enjoyed the episode. I hope something actually happens to, you know, kind of move the story forward a little bit, right? Because right now they're just trying to get everybody back together. Um, I want to know who the damn watcher right. is. Well, because, yeah, because, so. you know, you thought, we thought the watcher was Guinan, right? And the guy's like, I'm not the watcher. And then the watcher is like this creepy, like, Well, like, that's not even, yeah. Demon. And then, it, oh, it's, oh, it's, uh, it's what the hell's name? It's like a, what? Laris. He's like, Laris? Oh, yeah. 
Well, that's weird. That was, also that was because, unexpected. Like, weird. Yeah. That was Lars is a we, we, Romulan. <laughs> yeah, Lars is a Romulan from like 400 years in the future, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and we see the Watcher is like this, like sort of like demon robot. Like we see people's eyes are possessed, and I mean, obviously an alien, because like the the oh, yeah. Watcher's like, well, I just took over this body, and then I switched to another body, another body, another body, or whatever, right? So I get you where yeah. I want you to go, and and we're not really sure who that is, and it's somebody who you know, it's kind of a feeling like when when Guinan was like, okay, I'll take you to this person, and the whole it felt like almost like a like a drug dealer or not, like if I watch Law and Order, <laughs> right? Like a drug dealer or an organized crime yeah. boss who hands you off from one person to the next. Go here, yeah. meet this person. Go here, meet that person. Felt very. I mean. Yeah. The question is, will that be a new entity or someone we know from? from the past. I mean, obviously the Q could be the Watchers, but it won't be our Q. Could it be a Q or something else entirely or who knows, right? I'm interested also. Yeah. They really... Hopefully we'll find out next... We'll get more information next week or well, I'm tomorrow. I'm sure we will because next week's already so. episode four. Tomorrow, yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, that's our show for the week. Oh, you know what? I wanted to mention something while Jamie was still on, but I forgot. I read All yesterday right. that uh, Clark Gregg is going to be on Snowpiercer next season. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Which it's funny because when Artie and I were Artie and I were talking about it yesterday, I was like, I was like, how is Clark Gregg going to be on the season next year? I was like, I was like, I, I, I was like, I really hope it's not one of these situations where he's been on the train the whole time and all of a sudden now he's going to be in the forefront. I was like, I. You know, I didn't say this. I'm I thinking I didn't that. say it to him because he doesn't. No, I I don't want a Nikki and Paolo situation. You know, I hate yeah. that. But seeing yeah. how the season ended, something tells me Clark Gregg is going to be a survivor in the Horn. Yep. Yeah, that there's actually people so. there. Yeah. No, that would be. So I agree with you. So I hadn't read that. I mean, I like Clark Gregg, right? Who we know from the Marvel universe. Um, Coulson. Coulson, right? And I, I like him a lot, but yeah, I would hate, I like, that's so annoying when it's a person who's been on the train all this time and you never met, or a person who's been Nikki and Paolo or whoever, which, you know, by season four, that's annoying. So, yeah. yeah. Somebody from off the train. So. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So, next week, we're back with only. Two shows? Anything new? We got well, Walking three if, Dead. Three, three, if, three if we talk about Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. We'll add Moon Knight. Yes, that's definitely. All right. Cool. All righty. All right. Well, have a good week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good week, Karen. And uh, we'll do it again next week. All right. Good night, everyone. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.